Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Cool guys, so tonight we're going to speak about the love of Jesus to us, then through us. And I'm just so edified, you know, by the worship, you know, that is, that is what it is about. You know, we have to experience the love of God. You know, that is what Christianity is about. You know, if, if we take that out of the equation, you know, nothing happens. Literally nothing happens. Jesus doesn't come down. He doesn't set an example for us. He doesn't die on the cross. He's not resurrected. He doesn't go back to the Father. And he doesn't send us out to go and share that message with the world. Everything that happens is propelled forward by the love that God has for us and then works in us and sends us out with that same love. You know, and for those of you who weren't here two weeks ago, um, just to quickly summarize you know, what, what I spoke about, I spoke about the mandate of a disciple, you know, what we are called to do as Christians. And we read that in Matthew 28, you know, we are called to go out to make disciples of all nations. And two key things that, that we saw that night was Jesus says that because all authority has been given to me, go therefore. Based on the authority of Jesus, we can go out. The second thing was Jesus said, and behold, I am with you, even to the end of the age. And we saw that those are two key aspects to going out and fulfilling the Great Commission. And the reason why we need to be present with God is so that He can establish love and authority in our lives. <clears throat> and tonight I want to focus a bit on that love, that love that Jesus spoke about. You know, and something that just touched my heart, you know, the last couple of years um, is, is this one pastor sharing pastor Ross from Shofar Durbanville and um, you know speaking about the love of God and how it should manifest through our lives and his little girl she's at school and um, you know they should say what what their dads do and she says you know I know my dad is a pastor but he really he really lets me think about Jesus the little girl says and you can you can imagine how the dad feels your that's, that's quite good because that's what we're trying to achieve, you know. We're trying to look like Jesus and we're trying to show Jesus to the world, all of us. And, uh, you know, he's very chuffed with himself and he thinks, okay, surely she's going to say, you know, it's when daddy preaches to the people. You know, when daddy preaches to the people, that lets me think about Jesus. You know, that is how he resembles Jesus. Or maybe, you know, when, when daddy prays for the people, when the sick get healed or, or something like that. And the teacher replies, you know, Oh, that's, that's, that's quite nice. How does daddy remind you of Jesus? And she replies, when he helps mommy with the dishes. <laughs> Didn't expect that. And I wouldn't expect that as well, but it's as we serve people and as we humble ourselves and allow the love of God to work through our life, that God is manifested through our lives. And we actually resemble Jesus. And we're going to see that in this passage tonight. And I re really encourage us, you know, we're going to go through a quite familiar passage that many of us might have heard a couple of times. But in verse 17, Jesus says, If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And in our culture today, we've gotten to a place where, you know, that's actually the end goal. The end goal is knowledge. If we can know certain things, we feel that, okay, we've, we've achieved this thing. You know, if we know about it, that's fine. Check mark. Great, I know this. 
But, you know, just to ask some of us, you know, who of us here likes to read books? See, see the nerds. My hand's also up. No judgment. And so if this was the criteria, you know, for us to read books or maybe listen to a podcast or a sermon, so this is the criteria. When you're allowed to begin a new book or a new podcast or listen to a new sermon is when you have started to apply the truths of the previous one. How many books would, would we read? Well, we would be stuck with the Bible if you started to read that one first. You know, there will be no new book after that because we'll struggle all of our lives to apply the truths of Scripture in our lives. And I'd really like us to focus, you know, as we go through these passages, to examine our hearts and our lives. How well are we doing in these aspects? How well are we applying this truth of Scripture? And I'm going to give us two points tonight. And just to create a bit of context, you know, what's going on here. We're going to read John 13. It's where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And what's happening is a passage that we see in Luke 22, verse 24 to 35. That fits in with, with this whole conversation that Jesus is busy having with his disciples at the Passover feast. And, you know, they've just arrived in Jerusalem. Everything's going well. The people shouted, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They're pretty sure that anytime soon Jesus is going to be crowned king. They're going to take over. They're going to rule with Jesus. And they are again arguing about who is going to be the greatest among them. And then Jesus has explained this to them a couple of times. But it's time for a practical lesson. And so Jesus does the following. Read with me on the screens. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing now you do not understand, but afterwards you will understand. Peter said, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. You are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That is why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garment and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do, just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. I'm not speaking of all of you. I knew whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. 
I am telling you this now, before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am He. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. After saying these things, Jesus was troubled in His spirit and testified, Truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Little children, yet a little while I'm with you, you will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow me afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Okay, so for those of you who are very sharp and still awake, you might have noticed that there's 10 verses missing. Verse 22 to 32, this is just Jesus explaining that Judas was going to betray him and showing the disciples um, that he gave them the bread and he betrayed Jesus and then he left. So this is quite a big passage, but let's dissect it into little pieces and see what Jesus is actually trying to say and what this passage is about. So we read there in John 13 verse 20. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me and whoever receives the one who sent me and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. So this is at the end, quite of the end of the passage, you know, of that first half where Jesus sets the example. And whenever Jesus says truly, truly, or therefore, because of, he's trying to make a point of what he has just illustrated. And, and this is again, you know, tying into the Great Commission. This is the calling that he is giving his disciple. This is why they need to imitate this example. This is why they need to to love one another, and this is why they need to serve the world, because he is sending them out as representatives of himself. This is also the highest calling that anyone can receive. And it is, by the way, the calling that all of us as Christians have received. There's no greater call, no higher call than to go out and represent Jesus. You know, Jesus says, if someone receives you, they receive me. And we read in John 1 verse 12 that to all who received him and who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So Jesus is saying, I'm sending you out as my representatives with my word, with my authority and with my presence. And if someone accepts you, the message you bring and the fact that you testify about me, then they receive me also. And then they receive the father. That is the commission. That is the mandate. And then we see verse 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is what qualifies us for the call. Jesus is saying, I'm going to send you out. You're going to be my messengers and you're going to go to all people. But when you arrive there, this is how they will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. I'm giving you the greatest calling that someone can have to represent the king of the world. And this is what will qualify you. If, if you're wondering, you know, what qualifies me to go out and represent Jesus, this is it. Not the skills we have, 
not the title we carry, not the eloquence of our speech, but if we have a love for those around us. And I just also want to say, you know, that this love that we should have for, for one another, it starts here, it starts with the family, you know, with the body of Christ. But then it moves out into the world. That is why Jesus set the example with Judas being present. You know, he said that Judas is not one of his own, he's not one that is clean, but still he washed Judas' feet. Saying that this love will extend not only to those who believe in me, but also to the world. It starts with us, but then it moves out into the world. And we need to experience the love of Christ for that to go out. And now just to say, you know, why, why is this the qualifying factor? Why is this so necessary for us to go and represent Jesus? And the answer is because this is what Jesus' ministry was all about. We read in verse 1. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. This is what Jesus was busy doing, and this is what he will do till the end. He loved his own, and he will love them till the end. This is what began the ministry of Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. And this is what will sustain Jesus' ministry, a love for those that he came to save. You know, and the reason why John is writing this is he's saying, as we look back to the ministry of Jesus, this is what everything was about. It was about love. Now, as we're going to look forward, this is what it will still be about, love. So what Jesus is about to do is a manifestation of love. This is how love in action looks like. This is the practical outflow. This is what's supposed to come through our lives if we say that we want to abide in this love of Christ. Not the preaching, not the this, but when daddy helps mommy with the dishes. When we wash the people around us feet. That was the manifestation of love that came through Jesus. And it resembles not only the fact that Jesus is washing their feet and serving them. You know, he's setting an example for them to follow in servanthood, but it's also pointing to the cross. You know, we just sang that song, nothing can wash away my sin, nothing but the blood of Jesus. You know, and Jesus is doing something, and that's why he's saying to them, you know, what I'm doing now, you're not going to understand. But later you will. This is the day before Jesus is going to get crucified. You know, saying, I'm, I'm doing something to you now. Tomorrow you will understand. I'm giving you guys an example. But in me giving you this example, this is what also what will enable you to live out this example. If you understand what I'm busy doing now, you will see the love that I have for you, and that will lead you out and enable you to love the people around you. Because we read in John, we can love because God loved us. Because he loved us, we can love those around us. If there's no love that we experience from God, it can go out from us. You see, we see in the, the next slide. When he had washed their feet, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. Now Jesus is saying, you know, if, if you don't allow me to wash you, if you haven't experienced this from me, you won't be able to do that for those around you. 
Do you understand what I have done to you? Because I've given you the example, you should follow it. If we did not receive this from Jesus, we won't be able to give it. You know, like I said, this points to Jesus on the cross because we might sit here and think today, okay, Jesus isn't physically with us anymore. So he's not going to come and, and wash our feet. So does that exclude us from what Jesus is saying here? Is that an example that was only for the 12? Or should we follow that as well? Because how is he going to wash our feet? And it points to the cross and he washes our feet in the same way that Paul experienced this love. And look at what Paul writes in Galatians 2 verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, Jesus is, is saying to the disciples, you know, as he washes their feet, you know, you think I'm serving you now. You think I'm humbling myself now. Wait till tomorrow. Then you will see a greater love. Then you will see a greater service. And you'll also realize that what I've called you to, to go and wash feet, is nothing compared to what I'll do for you tomorrow. You see, because in Jewish culture, if there was a feast, there would be a basin at the door and you would come in and wash your own feet. And if you were at a wealthy man's house, you would have a slave to wash your feet. No one except a slave washed the feet of people back then. No one. The disciples didn't organize a slave, so Jesus said, I will take that role. Because remember, they arguing about who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus, knowing that he's pretty much the greatest, sets them the example, I will become servant of all. And then we read in Philippians 2, from verse 3, you know, and Paul understanding this, what Jesus did to the disciples, and it's very much the same thing he's trying to illustrate. And he says, do nothing from selfish ambitions or conceit, but in humility regard others more significant than yourself. Do not only look out to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Having this mind amongst yourself, which is yours in Christ, who though he was in the form of God, did not account equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he humbled himself and emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant. And being born in human likeness, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. That is Jesus' moment of greatest service. You know, and, and late in the chapter, he explains it to, to the disciples. In chapter 15, he says, Love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You know, and we have to experience that. You know, and some of us, we, we know that for the people in general, you know, and, and for the body of Christ in general, I can believe it, but we have to say like Paul, who loved me and gave himself for me. I know that I can experience that. I see the love of God for me. We have to experience that in order for that to flow through our lives. We have to see the love that he had for us. If it's not to us, it will never come through us. That takes us to the first point. We need to experience the love of Jesus to us. I don't know if that like grammatically makes sense, but you know, we need to experience the love of God for ourselves, you know, personally. 
that he gave himself for me, that he loved me. And then again, the same point last time with, with making disciples is pretty much the same point. You know, if we are disciples, we will make disciples. If we follow Jesus, we will inevitably call people to follow Jesus as well. And if we experience the love of God, it will flow through our lives to the people around us. It will. It, it, it can't do otherwise. It is what happens. Inevitably, that will take place. You know, and some of us, you know, we, we also need to, to gauge, you know, where, where we're at tonight, you know, and is that flowing through our lives? Is it something that, that manifests through our lives? And also in the example that Jesus set. Now, in hard times, you know, what, what is it that comes out? Especially in the hard times, this is Jesus knowing that his hour has come to depart to the Father. Knowing that he's about to be betrayed, denied, the people's going to run away and he will be crucified. And this is what manifests from Jesus' life. Serving in love. And then for us, you know, what, what happens when, when we pressed? What happens when people don't treat us the way we, we want them to treat us? When someone says something that we don't like or speaks behind our backs, what, what comes out? What manifests? And for some of us, it's, it's not love that manifests. And the reason for that is because we struggle to experience the love of Jesus. And, the, and there's two reasons why we, we struggle to experience the love of Jesus. The first is we feel unworthy. And the second one is we feel that we don't need to. You know, Jesus doesn't need to come and wash my feet. Now, I'll, I'll wash them myself. I'll cleanse myself. I have a righteousness of my own. And some of us feel unworthy. And God addresses both those things in this passage. You know, and the reason why he also addresses these things and, and washes their feet before he gets crucified is to show who will be you know, qualified for this washing that Jesus gives for them on the cross. You know, he washes Judas. He washes his feet, even though he knows that he won't believe and that he won't be one of his own. And he's saying that even if you are going to cause my death and you're going to betray me, this washing will still be available for you. You know, and we need to realize that. You know, it says in, in the book of 1 Peter that he bore our sins on the cross. Our sins. I had a part in that. In a sense, I had a share in causing the death of Jesus. You know, and we had to realize that, but that's okay. Because Jesus says, even for you, I'll wash your feet. That washing will be available for you. But it also shows us to whom we need to extend that same love if it flows through us. Even if someone's going to cause your death, don't worry, you can love them. And anything not even close to that, obviously you can love them as well. And it's quite a harsh call, but that is the love of Christ that's supposed to work in and through us. And it's a love that this world needs to see. But let's just see Jesus addressing this thing of, of worthlessness. You know, you're feeling that you're unable for Jesus to wash your feet. We go to the next slide. It says there in verse 36 to 38. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me, but you will follow me afterwards. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. 
In other words, what Jesus is saying to Peter, Peter, you won't even make it through the night. You know, and many times, and I get emotional because I know how this feels like, you know, many times we feel like Peter. You know, Lord, I'm not going to do that again. This time, this time, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to give it my all. I promise, Lord, this time I won't do that again. And like Peter, mostly we don't even make it through the night. And we feel so ashamed, you know, and we feel that we've, we've failed. And like Peter, we cry and we run away. You know, if that is you tonight and you can experience that, that is okay. Jesus said to him, you're not going to follow me now. You're going to deny me, but afterwards you'll follow me again. It's okay. And we read in Mark chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus, after he resurrected, he says to the disciples, go call my disciples and Peter. Tell Peter that it's okay. I'm there for you. I know you denied me, but I've made a way. And in the end of this, this book, John 21, verse 15, Jesus is again with Peter. And he says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? He says it to him three times. Peter denied him three times. And Jesus gives him the same command that he gave him while he was with Jesus. Go feed my lambs. Go tend my sheep. The same thing I called you to before you denied me three times is still available. It's okay. You need to experience that love. And some of us, we need to hear that tonight. We need to experience that. It's okay. I've done it a lot of times. Lord, I won't. Lord, not again, this time. Like Peter, mostly I don't make it through the night. But every time I meet the grace of God, go call Vian, love you, tend my lambs, feed my sheep. It's okay. And not only is it okay, it is inevitable. It is inevitable. If we can go to the next slide. It says here in verse 10, Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed, does not need to wash except for his feet, but he's completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. You know, Jesus is using this example of a feet because in their days they used to wear sandals, leather sandals. And Jesus is saying to Peter, you know, you, you, you believe in me. You know, you have faith in me. Matthew 16, Peter confesses his faith in Christ. You are the son of God. And I believe in you. So Jesus is saying to him, because you believe in me and because of what I will do for you tomorrow, you are clean. But, like the inevitability of you walking out here and your feet getting dirty, so it will be inevitable for you to walk out here and not sin. You will need to come back for me to wash your feet again. Daily. Daily you will need to wash before God. And we, we're sitting here, we know God, we've experienced the love of Christ, He's washed us clean, but daily we need to go back to Jesus and confess our sins. Daily we need to sit at the feet of Jesus and experiencing Him serving us in love and washing away our sins. The moment we stop to do that is the moment the love of Christ will stop flowing through our lives. The moment we think we don't need it anymore, we've arrived at a place where we don't need to go to Jesus and for Him to wash our sins is the moment it stops. The writer of Hebrews, he writes in Hebrews 5, verse 2 to 3, and he's speaking about the high priest of the Old Testament that had the privilege of going into the presence of God 
And he says, and he is able to deal gently with the ignorant and the wayward people because he himself is subject to the same weaknesses. That is why he must offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as theirs. And then we are now called to be a nation of priests and we can go into the presence of God. You know, but we should also remember that as we spend time with God each morning, you know, as we sit there and we confess our sins to God and he comes, the king of the world, and he washes your clean again and again. And we experience that love. We don't go out with judgment towards people. Because we know that we are beset with that same weakness. I also have sin in my life. So I'm not going to go and lord it over people. I'm not going to go and judge the people of the world. Oh, look how great I am and you're not that great. No, I just came from Jesus and he has just washed my feet again. He has just shown me love again. I've just been forgiven again. And when we experience that, we go and we serve out of love, serving the people around us, knowing that we are beset with the same weakness, knowing that the king of the world just served me. Who am I to refuse serving those around me? If Jesus comes and he washes my sin clean every time. If we receive this, the love of Christ, the forgiveness of Christ, we will give it. It will flow through our lives. If we are not giving it, if we are not serving out of love, we have either never received it or we have come to a place where we don't feel that we need to receive it anymore. And we need to, to go back to Jesus. This takes us to the last point. The world is in desperate need to see the love of Jesus through us. Now, this is why God wants to manifest this love in us. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. You know, and in Luke chapter 3, the people come to, to John the Baptist and, and they want to get baptized, you know, saying, you know, we are here, we believe in God, we are the people of God. And we will also want to participate in the things that's going on. You know, it's like us saying, you know, we also want to be here at church, we want to sing the songs. You know, and for a lot of us, John would say, you know, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Show that you, you say that you love God and that you love his people. And he says to them, the axe is already laid against the root of the tree. And everyone that does not bear fruit will be chopped down, thrown into the fire. And the people respond, yes, what must we do? We've heard all of these things from, from a young age. We've been in the temple. We've heard the word of God being spoken, but what must we do? And John says to them, this is the love of God. The one who has two shirts, give to the one that has none. And the one who has food, do likewise. 1 John three seventeen. if we see a brother in need and we have the ability to help and we close our heart towards him, how does the love of God abide in us? It needs to come through our lives. The world is desperate to see it. They need to see the love of Christ. They need to experience it. If we are unable to serve those around us out of love, how will the world know that we are the disciples of Jesus? Blessed are you if you do these things. It needs to come out of our life. The world has heard, you know, they've heard about the love of God, but they need to see it. You know, and one of the things that just broke my heart, many atheists out there and many people that are very outspoken against the church say the number one reason that they are using to disprove the claims of Christ is the way the church behaves. We, we don't, we're not seeing 
the love of God through these people. You know, but again, if we're not seeing, it's not something that we should all of a sudden try to work hard on ourselves. No, go and sit at the feet of Jesus. And if I can ask us, you know, when was the last time that you went and sit at the feet of Jesus and just confess your sins? Just say, Lord, this, this is my heart. This is what I really feel, Lord. This is the things that's going on inside. Please come wash me clean. And then for those of you who are at E3, you'll say yesterday. But maybe before, before E3, think got this down yesterday, boom. Um, but maybe after E3, you know, before E3, how often do you do this? And when we sang that song, you know, Jesus, we love you. And oh, how he loves me. Do you experience that? Do you feel that? And please see why, you know. Is it because of you feel maybe that you're unworthy for Jesus to come and wash your feet? He's saying you are, don't worry. It was never about what you did or did not do. It's about his love for you. He's done it all. You just need to go and sit at his feet. And that is what I want to invite us to. To go and sit at his feet. You know, and if you don't see, you know, service... And you, you know, humbly going to people and serving them out of love, flowing through your life. Ask yourself, you know, because many people think, you know, I'm, I'm secure in my identity in Christ. But if that does not flow through your life, it says something else. You know, John C. Maxwell has this great quote. He says that the insecure are into titles, the secure are into tells. We grab the tell, we wash those around us out of a love for Jesus and the world needs to see that. So on that note, let's stand and pray tonight. Thank you, Father, that we can come before you tonight, Lord, and just come and say thank you, Lord. And we just stand in awe, Father, of, of what you've done for us, Lord, of who you are, Lord. And thank you, Father, that even we realize, Lord, and we see, Father, that there is none greater than, than you, Lord. We also know, Father, there's, there's no one that came and served like you, Lord. To lay down your life, Father, so that we can be set free, Father. The King of the world, Lord, coming to wash our feet. And how weird that might seem for some of us, Lord, thinking that, no, saying like Peter, Lord, I will never let you wash my feet, Father. I just pray, Lord, that that perceptions might break. And that we'd go to you, Lord, and allow that, Lord. Because many times we feel like, Peter, no, Lord, I'm not going to let you wash my feet. I'll wash them myself. But Jesus is saying, you are not able. Let me do it for you. Not only am I able, but I am willing. I want to do that. I want to show you my love. I want to impart it into your life. So that you might first personally experience it and say like Paul he who loved me and gave himself for me and then after we've experienced that Lord that we can go into a world Lord that is broken and in desperate need of your love for then show them this is the love of God this is how it looks for people to serve God and thank you Lord that it is not something that we need to muster out of our own strength Lord or come up with Father but it's something you do through us Lord and I just pray, Father, for you to give us a greater desire to just come and sit at your feet, Lord, and be with you, Lord. Experience your love. And Lord, where our hearts have, 
have become prideful, Lord, and where we have think that we have a righteousness of our own, Lord, because of maybe the great things that we've done, Lord, or we think we've done, Lord, come and break that down, Lord. May nothing withhold us, Father, from experiencing your love and your grace. And may nothing keep us, Lord, from going out and showing that to the world. And as we stand here tonight, I just want to make one invitation with every eye that is closed. If, if you want to experience that love of Jesus, if you've maybe been like Peter and said, Lord, I'll, I'll follow you. I'll even die for you. But you ended up denying Jesus and, and you feel ashamed. You feel you've let Jesus down. I just want to give us opportunity to respond, Lord, and say, here I am, Father. I, I'm coming back to you, Lord. And Jesus knew, he knew that you would follow him afterwards. And he says that that's okay. I knew you were going to do that, but I died for you anyway. I gave myself for you anyway. If that is you and you just want to say, Lord, I'm coming back. Just raise your hand in three, two, one. That's me, Lord. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. I'm not going to send someone to you just wanted you to respond you know and say lord that is me that is something that you need to to cancel that with god you can just take your seat there where you are and just say lord i'm coming back to you father i want to experience your love and your goodness yes father lord thank you for for hands that went up in this place father and just saying lord i'm coming back to you and even for those lord who who felt in their heart that they need to do that lord but just couldn't put up that hand father i pray lord that you just come and work in their hearts father and just speak the words. And I just really feel God speaking over a lot of people tonight. I love you. I know that you didn't follow me how you wanted to or how you promised to, but that's okay. I love you. I love you. You need to hear Jesus saying those words. I love you. It's never been about what you did or didn't do. I'm here for you. My arms are open wide. And thank you, Father, for just revealing your love to them. And for the rest of us, just where we are standing, I would just like us to you know, take a seat, just be quiet before God, and just examine your heart, you know, where you're at. Do you need to experience the love of God? Has it been a while since you went for Jesus to wash your feet? And then secondly, ask Him to show you and lead you to those around you. Lord, how can I serve the people in my family, the people at work? How does this look practically there? Do not go and take people's shoes off and start washing their feet. That's going to be awkward. But ask God to lead you and show you how you can serve those around you, how you can show the love of Christ to a broken world. Thank you, Father, that as prayers are going up in this place, Lord, you, you come in, Father, with that water basin and that towel, Father, and just cleansing, Lord. And thank you, Father, that everyone, Lord, can experience that love, Lord and encounter you tonight, Father. And also pray, Father, that it won't be something that just stays here, Lord, but that goes out into our lives, Lord. Become part of our lives, Father. I also come and pray, Lord, you reveal the Father's heart to them, Lord. Always open. Always willing to listen. Always willing to forgive. For He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins if we confess our sins. You are faithful and just, Father. And we hold fast to that promise, Lord. Also pray, Father, Holy Spirit, may you come and enable us, Lord, to go and serve the people around us in love, Lord. To show them your love, Father. To preach to them the gospel. But to, like Jesus, not only preach it, Lord, but live it out. 
to show by the way we live our lives that we are disciples of Christ. And yes, Father, also just come and pray, Lord, that you just come and break the, the hold that materialism has on our lives. Father, if we see someone in need, Lord, may we give. And I just also feel God saying that for some of us that would be difficult the first time, but the more you do it, the more that hold of materialism will break. I'm not speaking giving to the church as an institution. I'm speaking about people in need. If you see your brother and sister in need, open your heart. Allow God to work through you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. For those of us still busy praying, you can just...